Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. On a gorgeous Wednesday evening, uh, I believe it's June 22nd, it is 2022, the final NFC conference preview tonight, me, Johnny Rowe, Blaine, going over the NFC East, some call it the NFC Beast, some call it the NFC Least. We will break it down for you all here right before we get into it. Let's talk to the boys. Blaine, we'll start with you. How you doing, buddy? What's up? I've been excited. NFC East is a fun division. This is one of the better ones. All the Philly guys, the hardhead Dallas guys. It's, it's a good division. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great on this Wednesday. I think this division has some very hard-headed fans that, that are very clouded by their overall fandom and – I tend to really get drawn to that because I think us three are all that way about our team. Um, our team just happens to be 10 times better than all these teams. Johnny, how are you, buddy? I'm great, guys. It's always great to be here on the Figure It Out podcast. This is like one of the highlights of my week now is talking football with you guys. Looking forward to uh, the, 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 the future episodes that we have and whatever um, else comes from that. My thoughts about the NFC not division. I do, however, agree with you guys that this is a passionate fan base um, with all the teams and like a lot of blue collar places, just some people who live and die uh, by, by the results of their team. I draw a little bit of a parallel to the AFC West for some reason. Like all of these teams hate the other team. They're really super passionate. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I kind of have my notes set up like we did last week with the NFC South. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, we'll start in New York. Uh, we'll start with the Giants, who I think is in the worst spot in this division. Um, really has been inept since they won the Super Bowl in, what was that, 2009? Uh, I, I can't – I mean, I'm sure they've made the playoffs since then, but it's been a very long time. Um I think we'll all agree on this. Daniel Jones, worst quarterback in the division, and I think it's by a landslide. Um, you know, I know he's been in the league. This, I think this is going to be his third or fourth year. Um, when your nickname is Daniel Fumbles, I mean, you're just, you know, you're not uh, his fourth league or fourth year in the league, Johnny's pointing out here. Has bad nicknames already. Um, I, I was on their website today, and I thought this was really funny because I think this is kind of indicative of where they are. Um, the headline on the news article was one of the most intriguing positions of the, of the off season has been the tight end battle. Look, I'm a huge tight end fan. I love the position. I think it's ex insanely important in football, but when you're trying to rebuild a team, you're going to want some battles at a, a, a few other key positions. And when you're highlighting your tight end room, you're in trouble. I do, however, like their first two draft picks this year. They drafted Kayvon Thibodeau, who slid to fifth after some, I, I guess you call it controversial things in terms of his work ethic. Um, I think when he's on hundred percent, he's an absolute freak. I think that they honestly took the right pick there at, at number five, they turned right around and picked Evan Neal at seven, the offensive tackle from Bama. We'll talk about uh, some more Bama players as we go through this uh, division, but I don't think you can go wrong with, with drafting a uh, Alabama offensive tackle. Um, they seem to have all proven to be, extremely good in the NFL. Um, one of the biggest things for me is, is Saquon back and healthy. Um, he is sort of like, he's sort of like Christian McCaffrey in the fact that he just cannot find a way to stay healthy. 
But when he's 100%, I think he's an absolute freak. Um, Johnny, Johnny texted us this week and asked if the Chiefs, if we would trade Clyde Edwards-Alaire in a pick for Saquon. I said, hell yeah. Um, I would take a 75% Saquon over Clyde. Um, I do like their defensive line. I think that's a bright spot. Dexter Lawrence is good uh, from Clemson. Quinnen Williams came over from the Jets. Um, he was really highly sought out um, in his draft. Um, he's a he's a pretty decent defensive tackle, but he could be a lot better. And then you add uh, Thibodeau. Um, I think that their skill positions in terms of offensive defense and their receivers and their defensive backs um, are not great. I don't think that Kenny Galladay is a number one receiver. I think he is a phenomenal number two receiver. Um, they seem to be struggling there. And uh, I, I don't love their linebacking core either. I think it's really bleak right now for the Giants. I really do. Um, Johnny, let's have you open up uh, uh, this week. Let's let's hear your thoughts on the Giants. Well, first off, Chandler, that was a really good presentation of just team right now. I I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, it's like I, I keep saying the same thing. Each each one of these divisions in the NFC that we've gone through, I've I've found that I I think one of these teams is going to be take, picking in the top five. I think mm-hmm. I think that the Giants are terrible. However, I will give them some credit. Let's start at the beginning. Um, I think they effective right move uh, by firing their head coach, Joe Judge, and their general manager, Dave Gettleman, and totally bringing in guys um, that they believe, I think, have already some, some continuity built up. So let's start at the top. Who's their new GM? It's a guy named Joe Shane, who uh, was the assistant Bills GM, and the Bills have had a lot of success. Your head coach, Brian Dable, he was the offensive coordinator for uh, that same Bills team, and uh, he's done a really good job turning Josh Allen into this unpolished quarterback, uh, into one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. Offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka. That sounds familiar? Yeah, because he was the offensive, or he was a quarterback coach uh, for the Chiefs last year and has been on the Chiefs coaching staff for a few years, former uh, quarterback coordinator. Uh, Don Wink Martindale, who was the Ravens defensive coordinator for the last few years and has certainly made a name for himself in this league as being one of the best defensive coordinators um, that that this league has to offer. So that's the best thing going for this team right now, because the roster's not the roster's not very good. Um, They declined Daniel. Option, which if you're a first round pick and that's declined, you've obviously been underwhelming, especially at the quarterback position, because of how expensive it is. So all the signs point to this being Daniel Jones's last year as the Giants quarterback, them picking early next year, the organization, and them them wanting to get in on the party of who's going to get CJ Stroud or, or Bryce Young or, or maybe somebody else. So not much, not many additions or subtractions from the roster. They did cut James Bradbury recently, a corner who I thought the Chiefs should have gone after, but um, ended up going to Philly, who we'll talk about later. They added lineman Max Garland league, and um, you know the roster's just—it's just not a very good team, guys. Two good first-round picks, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, but then a questionable uh, round two pick, a small receiver named Wandale Robinson. Yes, W-A-N apostrophe Dale. Wandale <laughs> Robinson out of Kentucky. These guys in whom they already have. Kadarius Tony, I think, is going to be a big piece to the future of this team. Galladay has been underwhelming. Tony. Sterling Shepard. Tony. 
Shout out to Chains. Kadarius Tony is going to be big into this because Sterling Shepard's also not proven that he can stay healthy. So um, they got to find ways to get the ball into Tony's hands. Get him. I'm not this Wandale Robinson guy is going to play. If I could draw maybe one comparison, they really liked this Isaiah McKenzie guy in Buffalo. Dable used him a lot. This kind of gadgety returner type player who would get some offensive snaps. Maybe Robinson slides into that kind of a role, but certainly not going to be a big role for Robinson um, early on. To me, the yeah, I think they're going to finish last in the division, but I don't want to give a too much um, hate, I guess, in a sense that their offense could be pretty good this year. I mean, you you look at the center, Feliciano came from Buffalo to to reunite with Dable, some familiar face there, Daniel Jones, center combo. And then Glowinski comes from Indy in a, in a great offensive line. stays healthy. At least they try to do something for him to stay healthy. Now, obviously, the New York Giants go by Daniel Jones and however good he does. So, you think that's for what that's why they're bad. I mean, you, you can't really do anything about it if he is bad. I like that they picked up Tyrod Taylor. I mean, week eight, week nine, he can come in and be better, but it's still a team that's not going to really do much in this division. And, and there's really not else, not much else you can say about that. One thing I do want to note is I do love seeing Ricky Seal Jones having success in this league, former chief tight end, now New York Giants tight end, former commanders tight end too. But I think he's going to have a, a decent year this year. Yeah, he definitely can. Also, former Jets tight end, I believe, comes over. Uh, he's familiar with New York City, I guess. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a great year for the Giants. If they're, if I'll ask both of you guys this question before we move on, what is the record – that Daniel Jones has to have to save his job. Blame? I think you got to have uh, above 500. I mean, uh, that's asking a lot, actually. I mean, let's go, let's go eight. I mean, eight wins and be some bright spots. You lose a few games closely, but he's hanging on by a thread. Johnny? Putting a number on it is I don't even know if it's it's possible. I I think they've moved on. They declined this yeah. fifth year option. I mean, I'm serious. I think Good that if call. they if if they if if they have a, a a middle of the road year, which would be you know overperforming for them based off, off of what we're saying, they still move on from Daniel Jones. They they find a I don't know a Garoppolo Baker Bridgewater. I don't know some kind of sort of bridge quarterback just to. Yeah kind of get him through. I really think that it doesn't matter what Daniel Jones does. He's done. I wanted to say this earlier too. Like things like he's big. He's he really can move too. Like he's a he's a really good runner of the ball. The problem is, is like he he cannot stop fumbling. He he really has not progressed at all as a thrower of the football. You know, the Chiefs played uh the Giants in a game at Arrowhead last year where the Chiefs played, I think in my entire, maybe one of the worst games or most boring, pathetic effort. Horrible. And the Chiefs still won. So if Daniel Jones can't win you that game, like there's just no hope. And when he, when he fell on that 80 yard run, that just shows you, he's like, he's just so cringe. (laughs) Like he's such a goober, you know, like he's just, he just ain't it. He's got no swag. He was going in too, dude. He was far and away. He was going to score an easy touchdown and just fell, fell flat on his face. <laughs> I mean, Wasn't it, was it prime time too? It oh, made yeah. it a lot worse. I think it was like a Thursday night game. I think it was like the only game on. So 
I mean, going to be tough maybe this year for the uh, for the G-men up there in New York. Let's move on to the Washington Commanders. First year as the Washington Commanders before we get into the team. So many off the field issues. I have that written down under, I have so un, underlined three times. I mean, just totally inept at the owner position. Um, Daniel Snyder, sexual harassment allegations, all that jazz. We won't really get into that because I know there's a lot to really kind of unpack, but tough as a football team to overcome that kind of stuff. But when you look at this team, guys, the roster is not bad. Um, Ron Rivera, obviously the head coach, great head coach, but he's just kind of seems to me to be a little too old school, um, kind of stuck in his ways, doesn't really want to change in my opinion, but maybe Carson Wentz, kind of more of an old school quarterback can maybe try to um, fit in. Really high praise and OTAs for Carson Wentz and how he has uh, bought into this team um, per their website. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but Last season, I want to start here because I think that their defensive line is last last season. I was high on this defensive line. I mean, you have like eight number one or not number one, eight first round uh, picks up front, and they just underwhelmingly produced last season. Um, Chase Young had a had a not a very good year, um, in my opinion, not what he's capable of at all. I think he's a phenomenal football player, but just really underperformed. Um, they're, everybody's back in 2022. They have all the guys on the roster. So look for them to maybe, maybe, you know, maybe take a step forward. They're going to have to, um, to give this team a shot because they have the defensive line to do it. Um, they got to get after the quarterback. And especially in this division where they have some mobile quarterbacks. I mean, even Daniel Jones, I would put under quotation marks. I would put mobile uh, as we alluded to uh, some speed there, but They've got to improve. Uh, Carson Wentz, like we said, comes over from uh, uh, Indy. Um, (laughs) Real quick, on their website, very weird move by their uh, communications department, and this stuck out to me. Doesn't have a profile picture on the roster. Uh, If he's going to be your quarterback day one, I think you're going to need to get him a picture at minimum. I think that's insanely lame. When Taylor Heineke has a photo and Carson Wentz doesn't, uh, yikes. And ew. <laughs> um, uh, their first round pick, they drafted Jahan Dawson out of Penn State. Um, praise is through the roof for this guy through OTAs. Watched a lot of Penn State like we alluded to last year. I think he's a really good receiver, has a lot of upside. Um, I think that their wide receiver room could be good. Terry McLaurin up in the air. I, I had not seen him sign any new deal, but I think that they're pretty confident in – um, getting that done. They have a lot of time to do that here over the summer. So I, I expect him, he will be ready week one. Um, and I think him and McLaurin, I think that's a pretty decent, I think that's a really good one, two combo, in my opinion. I think the, I think the sky's the limit for Dotson. So we'll see how that goes. Um, they have a bright spot in their secondary uh, second year guy. Um, let me see. Oh, Benjamin St. Juiced. Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator, uh, in an interview was praising him. He's sliding into the nickel spot. He's a big nickel defender. Um, With a lot of receivers in this division, uh, that's huge for sure, and especially gadget guys um, around this division. I think he can play a huge role for them. Um, Their draft, they drafted Dodson, number one, obviously. Then their second and third round picks, they went 
Fidarian Mathis and Brian Robinson, defensive linemen and running back, respectively, from Bama. Like I alluded to with the Giants, I don't think you can go wrong with Bama players. I think Brian Robinson, a huge power back, will, will pair nicely with Antonio Gibson, who does a lot of nice things out of the backfield. Really like Antonio Gibson. Also, fantasy-wise, very good running back, great flex guy because he catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. I think that the, I think the commanders, on paper, I think that they have a legit chance to be pretty decent. It, it, all, it, all, depends on, uh, it all depends on Carson Wentz, in my opinion. Blaine, I'll let you take over from here. What are your thoughts on the Washington Commanders? Guys, I'm I'm gonna blow your guys. I I uh, you're gonna roll your eyes. I guess what I'm trying to say. I'm picking Washington to win this division. Carson Wentz, perfect marriage with Riverboat Ron, and and you can't tell me. And I got a lot to say about how he ended it with Indianapolis last year with Ballard outwardly demising him at the end of the year, kind of blowing up against Jacksonville. Um, a lot of things that had gone on there, and it just was not a good situation late for Carson Wentz. He has a chance. This is his last chance to be a quarterback in the NFL. Mind you, he threw for 27-7 and seven last year. In his MVP season, he threw for 33-7. and seven. Carson Wentz is not a bad quarterback. A real quarterback – in the NFC, let alone in this division, when you look across it, he could push the commanders to be a team of, you know, outwardly, you know, maybe the Washington could be good this year. Week four, ooh, Washington, really good, looking good. Week eight, here comes Washington. And then as, as the year ends, Washington's going to be up there in the playoff picture firmly, I believe. It. And you look at their schedule, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL, a lot of core around Wentz with Gibson, McLaurin, Samuel Dodson, Logan Thomas, if he's healthy at tight end. Their offensive line is one of the better run-blocking offensive line teams in the NFL. And I think, Chandler, you make a good point about their defensive line. And if, if they can produce, this Washington team is really scary. And I'm picking them to win the division. I believe in Carson Wentz. I believe in this, this core. And prove me wrong, Dallas. I mean, Dak Prescott, go ahead, prove me wrong. Jalen Hurts proved me wrong. I'm not scared by any other teams in this division. Before you go, Johnny, <clears throat> Blaine, answer this question for me. Winner go home scenario in Jacksonville, uh, Carson Wentz, wasn't he the quarterback in that game? Yeah, it was bad. Now, the Colts in Jacksonville, and this can be overseen, they've had some weird rivalry going on for like 15 years. The Colts have been horrible in Jacksonville for eight ages doesn't excuse it Carson Wentz was bad but he was I mean you're throwing to Campbell Pascal and Pittman all year and you, you put up great numbers let alone you have a lot of help from Jonathan Taylor but I, I just think there's something here that that Carson Wentz is one of those guys that consistently gets the eye roll consistently gets the psh, he's horrible I mean he's gonna he has a lot of capabilities to be a great quarterback in this league and I think this is his year to prove it Johnny well, um, I got to give kudos to Blaine. That was, that was very strong. Um, and in, it, I'm serious. That, that, that changed a lot of, um, it didn't totally change my opinion, but it certainly is going to influence how I'm going to go about the rest of this podcast. My problem with not, the, the thing that people overlook with that Colts run, the, the, the end of the season. Yes. They should have beaten Jacksonville. That was pathetic. They had a chance to lock it up with a home victory against Vegas and lost that game too. 
Vegas beat them the week before, if I'm not mistaken. So they had two chances to lock it up and screwed it up. And so it was like back-to-back terrible games for Wentz, which pissed off Jim Ursay, who we all know is very involved. That's, that's the owner of the Colts and not even, you know, uh, uh, Frank Reich, who is, was Carson Wentz's buddy in Philly when he was doing well. Uh, I am not as much of a believer in Wentz as Blaine, but you do make a good, a good point about like how good this roster is outside of, uh, outside of, you know, what, what your opinion of Wentz. On the defense, yes, Chandler. I mean, I'm not going to say everything you guys said. That defensive line is is Ron uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And this Fidarian, of course, because it's a hilarious name. I think, you know, if you a, a Bama defensive tackle too, like put that in there and along with the other guys, um, that should be a very, a very good defensive line. They cut Landon Collins safety, and I thought – you know, that's a guy who I thought I was wanting the Chiefs to get him so badly when he was leaving New York, the New York Giants. Um, and I don't, I don't think they re-signed Landon Collins, and um, that's kind of a head-scratcher there. And uh, the last point that I'll make is uh, – actually, no, there's two points. So with the pick of this Jahan Dotson, they traded back with New Orleans to take that guy. So they must really believe in him because there were two players taken before Dotson. New Orleans traded up to take Chris Olave, and then the pick following that was 12, which was Jamison Williams to Detroit. So by trading back, Washington obviously believed that they, they liked Dotson, Olave, or Williams. If not, like, and they were surprised by that, that's that's a failure. So they really like this Dotson guy, and they think he'll pair well um, with, with Terry McLaurin, who's just a total beast. Uh, side note, yes, the Chiefs did take Nicole uh, – Hardman over Terry McLaurin in, in that draft. And I will never forget that. Okay. The last point that I'll make Chandler brought up Antonio Gibson. I do like Antonio Gibson. I'm a little curious why they would have spent a third round pick on Brian Robinson. And they brought back JD McKissick. Who's who really took over their pass game role from Gibson later in the year. Uh, Buffalo tried to get JD McKissick and something fell through and, and um, they ended up, not getting him and he went back to Washington. So Brian Robinson, is he going to factor in? Will that take away from Antonio Gibson's role? Um, definitely a fantasy question to look at. Um, but I think Washington is now growing on me after what Blaine said. So kudos. Yeah. yeah. And I want to say to Chandler, sorry, but I want to say to Percy guy, rookie out of Louisiana, they really like that guy to step in. And I think that's mm-hmm. a reason they made that move at safety. Is someone to watch out for. He's got a lot of buzz. And then I feel like Brian Robinson, you know, that's a good point you make, Johnny. Maybe he can. I mean, a more power back is something that they kind of need for Gibson-McKissick combo to, to put in there and and maybe get a third and one, third and two that a, a team we are so familiar with and the Chiefs have had trouble doing. So um, I think it does add a, another outlet to, to the commander's offense for sure. Yeah. And I realize um, I'm sticking my neck out here. Obviously, I don't want to sound like a crazy man. Oh, I'm picking Washington to win this division. But I feel like there's got to be a little bit of boldness. No team has won back-to-back in this conference or in this division, excuse me, since 2004, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a long time without back-to-back winners. It's always up for grabs. And I think the commanders can grab it. Yeah. Two points I'll make before we move on. First off. Um, I love that point about the back-to-back division winners, but I will say this division always comes down to the last week. 
I don't know that I trust Wentz in a, in a winner-take-all scenario. I really don't know that I do that. Um, and uh, get Antonio Gibson, my second point before we move on here, uh, had injury prone last year, looking for him to be back 100%. Um, you know, that could have been a fluke. But um, I, I, I really, really like him. And this commander's team, sky's the limit, in my opinion. Um, we'll see how that works out. We'll move on to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Phila from the Greek. Um, quick office quote right there. I love what Philly did this offseason. Um, huge signings on both sides of the ball. Uh, to mention a few, they just signed five days ago, Jaquiski Tart from the San Francisco 49ers, a really good safety uh, seasoned veteran. I think he steps in and makes a huge impact in terms of toughness and just overall great football player. They signed A.J. Brown um, from Tennessee. They got Zach Pascal from the Colts. They signed James Bradbury from the Giants that Johnny alluded to, who we all really wanted on the Chiefs. I think he's a great corner. Um, a guy we should be, we're all too familiar with. Uh, they signed linebacker Kaiser White from the Chargers. Um, and they signed Hassan Reddick, another linebacker from the Cardinals. I think they address really uh, some some holes on the defense that can really improve this defensive team. And then their draft. I thought they did a great job in the draft. They go Jordan Davis um, from Georgia. If you're not going to take a guy from Bama, I would take a guy from Georgia. Uh, 6'6", 341 pounds. Um, absolute freak. And Philadelphia is a team that always has good defensive linemen. They have great uh, veterans. Brandon Graham is a guy that just somehow figures out a way. And I believe his 11th season getting ready to come up insanely uh, productive. And to go along with Fletcher Cox, too, what a way for Jordan Davis to learn the interior of the NFL than a guy like Fletcher Cox. Um, I think that is a filthy combination. They draft Cam Jurgens to sit behind Jason Kelsey. Obviously, Jason Kelsey is going to be the center, but I love that draft pick. You, you, you go, I believe he was the second round pick for them. Um, what a guy to learn behind. Uh, as we've seen, um, guys like Creed Humphrey, um, in our perspective, centers pick it up pretty quickly. Um, and especially a guy who's talented like Jurgens. Um, and learning behind a guy like Jason Kelsey, who might be one of the best centers of our lifetime, in my opinion. Um, and then they go to Kobe Dean at linebacker, a guy that fell. Um, and, and everybody says he was one of the best players on the Georgia defense. Um, just a smaller guy, but quite frankly, the guy makes plays. He's in the backfield all the time. He's around the football all the time. He's a sideline to sideline linebacker. And in the NFL, you've got to have that. I think he's an absolute stud. Um, they're, I, I think their depth at both wide receiver and secondary is huge, especially in this division. I mean, Devontae Smith is an absolute stud. Um, the biggest question I had, well, to go along with A.J. Brown and Zach Pascal, but the biggest question for the Philadelphia Eagles is Jalen Hurts. And with that, I'll turn it over to Johnny. Um, I believe in Jalen Hurts, but he has to prove it this year. Um, Johnny, your thoughts? Yeah, that's it right there. That's a perfect segue. The, the, again, broken record over here, but after seeing what an elite, after seeing what a really good quarterback does for your team, like it totally changes your perception of, of, of the rest of the league. You know, and I'm, I'm referencing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like, yes, this roster is, is pretty good. 
I just don't think Jalen Hurts is. And that's nothing against him, but like he he was bad in that playoff. Yes, it was against the Buccaneers. That's a stout defense, but he was 23 of, of 43, 258, uh, one touchdown, two picks. And really like that, I think that stat line is, is misleading. I, I watched every snap of that game. It was, it was worse than that. They, they didn't even have a chance to move the football. They lost that game 31 to 15. Um, but give, give, give credit to Nick Sirianni and his, I believe that was his first year last year. Um, you know, got to the playoffs. Yes. They added another playoff spot. You got the last one, but, but, but you were there and that's something to be proud of. And it's something to build off of. Um, the next point that I'll make is I've never seen a team get a draft pick wrong and then throw so many resources to keep the fan base um, happy like Philly has done with wide receiver. When they took Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, the fan base was absolutely irate, rightfully so. It wasn't in hindsight. Justin Jefferson was legit from the get-go, and we all knew it. And they ended up taking Jalen Rager, and, and he's, he's just not been the guy. So what have they done since then, right? They've, they've brought in a bunch of free agents. They've tried, to, they've tried to do trades over the last few years. They take Devonta Smith last year. And then this year they trade number 18 and a third round pick to Tennessee for AJ Brown and immediately give him a four year, hundred dollar, hundred million dollar um, contract. So they have invested in wide receiver to get that position, right. To put Jalen hurts in a position to succeed. And if you remember last year, what really turned this team around was to try to drive the offense more through the, through the running game. Um, I remember when, when the chiefs played the Eagles last year, the Eagles just kept throwing and kept throwing, which worked for them against the chiefs because the chiefs couldn't stop a, a runny nose um, in the passing game last year, but um, at, at, at the beginning when they were playing, but uh, really driving that offense through the running game brought Philly's success. So I'm sure they're going to do some of that this year. There'll be, you know, play action that opens up lanes for, for AJ Brown, Devonta Smith will probably get open just fine downfield. Zach Pascal is a good addition too, like you said, Chandler. So look, the roster's good. It's just going to be what Jalen Hurts can, can give you. And he was inc incredibly inaccurate throwing the football last year. And they say that's one of the toughest things to, to fix with the quarterback. So, so we'll see. I I'm, I'm not, I'm not high on, on Philly this year. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys that are high on Philly, and we said it last podcast, and Chandler's like Philly, no, not Philly, just because I've, I think what we're talking about is like we sound like a broken record, but Jalen Hurts. I was just looking up some stats as we we're talking on the road, um, in, in his splits, he threw nine touchdowns on the road, seven interceptions, oh. and then in com combined and so they. It, when he drops back to pass, you're at a liability. If you're one-dimensional in this division, you're at a liability. And I think that Philadelphia has to show, and that's why they went after wide receiver, because they realize this, that if they're going to be good, they have to be able to throw the ball. And I just don't believe they can. And that's an, – commanders, you know, Eagles could be up there, up there, but I just don't see them competing with the Cowboys um, or the commanders whenever you got a guy like Jalen Hurts who – those teams are going to force him to be different than they allowed him to be rushing the ball in the first year um, in the NFL as, as a for sure starter. So I, I'm just really, really full of potential, as you said, Chandler. Um, but, but I want to agree that I just can't believe in the Eagles because of Jalen Hurts. It's interesting though. Um, 
I mean, the Eagles, if correct me if I'm wrong here, boys, but they made the playoffs last year. I mean, they're in the playoffs and they, right. I think they only upgraded their roster. Um, and I'm going to put my neck out there for this Philadelphia Eagles team. They are the 2022-23 NFC East division winners, in my opinion. I think that they're, I think that they really are. They have a better roster than Dallas. Um, and I think that if the commanders have to go on the road at Lincoln Financial Field in late, early January to win the division, I love the Eagles. Um, I love them to win this division. If the, it, it, unless Dallas just comes out and goes Dallas and goes 13 and four or 14 and three, whatever um, that I think they are capable of. But I'm putting my neck out there for this Eagles team. Shout out to my boy, Mike Consalvi. Uh, he was an assistant strength coach uh, for the Bear from Missouri State Bears when I was there. Huge Philadelphia guy from Philly. So I will stick my neck out there like Blaine did with Commanders. Eagles are the NFC East division champions. And as we segue into the final team, I think that this team is the uh, preseason favorite to win this division, the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, if you will. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to start with the running backs. I think they have one of the best tandems in the league, uh, given how good Tony Pollard is, not even necessarily because of Zeke. I obviously think that Zeke is still a very good running back, but he's really starting to show tread on the tires, um, which happens to running backs. Uh, I mean, and they asked him to do a lot when he first got to Dallas, and they still do. Um, but I think that the, uh, the addition of Tony Pollard, I mean, hell, I think Tony Pollard was better last year than Zeke was. So, I think that's a bright spot. They have a bunch of questions on their offensive line, even though they seem to have kind of have figured it out through OTAs. Um, they lost Connor Williams and Lyle Collins to different teams. Um, they drafted, I believe his name is Tyler Smith. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's from Tulsa um, to fill in a couple of, a couple of voids. Um, I bet he is honestly their day one right tackle. Um, and I think as I think in the NFL, you can hide a you can hide a rookie right tackle. And I think he can be pretty damn good um, as he learns the league through reps and games. Um, I think Micah Parsons on the defensive side of the football is one of the top five defender defensive players in the NFL. Honestly, um, he's an absolute freak, insanely fast. I don't really understand it. <clears throat> it pains me to say this, but his play on Patrick Mahomes when he got him to fumble. Um, I believe early or maybe even late in the third quarter. It was in the third quarter, I believe, but it was an unbelievable play. He chased him down from behind, and Mahomes just had no chance, um, which he normally does, which was freakishly to see uh, Micah Parsons do that. Last thing I'll say for the Dallas Cowboys, it is all on Dak. Um, there is no other question about it. Um, yes, they got rid of Amari Cooper, but they had C.D. Lamb. Um, I think he has the guys around him that it, it, at this point, and it is, has been the last couple of years, um, but I think even this year more than in years past, it is completely on Dak Prescott. Can he get this team going? Can he do things for this team? I believe that the answer is yes, but he kind of has some Carson Wentz in him in the fact that he just cannot seem to get it done when the moment is the brightest, in my opinion. Um, and when you're getting paid the money that he's getting paid, it's inexcusable. Um, and so with that, Blaine, take away the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I think they did just enough to stay as the favorites by getting 
Um, Dante Fowler, like I said, they, they really need to get that. Now you lose Lyle Collins. Whenever you lose one of the best offensive linemen in our lifetime, as we talked about Jason Kelsey, that's going to be tough. But I think they did enough to make sure that that hole is going to be okay. But one guy that I, I texted you guys, and I was like, I got one guy I'm really kind of targeting in this division of fantasy. What James Washington out of Pittsburgh. He's a great addition for Dallas in, in looking at how they're going to kind of CD Lamb, you know, you lose Amari. How's that going to work? And, and I highlighted here to, to kind of see Dak was pretty good without Amari in his career. 55 touchdowns, 23 interceptions, uh, 95 passer rating plus. Uh, you know, like I said, Dak has the guys. There is no excuse. He has the running backs. The offensive line is going to be okay. Dallas is going to be good. And that's all, all the way I'm, I'm kind of looking at it is, can they be great? I don't know. I think you said it best. It's on Dak's shoulders to, to see how he plays this year. Johnny? I'm going to stick my neck out there. Like, you know, <laughs> this is my pick to win the division. No, it, it is my pick. It's an easy pick. It's a safe pick. But uh, this is who I think wins the division. After compelling arguments from everyone, it's it's having me reconsider. But also for the sake of the podcast, I'll, I'll differentiate. And yes, Dak is what's going to make this thing go. And Dak has not always been really good. Blaine, funny enough, there's actually some um, – there's some viable comparisons of Dak's stats, records, and plays with Kirk Cousins. Like oh. Dak, Dak, Dak. Give. I'm serious. Now, I, I do. I, I think Dak is better than Kirk. Yes, but there are some really compelling ones out there um, that 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 make that argument. Anyways, I think line has gotten worse. I think the receiving room has gotten worse. I think their defensive line got worse because Randy Gregory is on the Broncos now. Um, and I, and I still think they're going to win the division because I think they have the best quarterback in the division. And I do think he can get you there. This division is going to be an absolute bar fight all year long. And like you guys are saying, like, yeah, there is a reason why there's been no repeat winners um, for so long, or if I'm getting that right, but yeah, because these teams just kick the shit out of each other. And, um, it's going to be close, but for me, Dallas will win the division. And of course, you know, I, I can't stand the Cowboys. So they'll, 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 they'll lose in the first round of the playoffs in some disaster. It'll blame the refs or whatever. They'll blame somebody except for themselves. They'll blame some Jerry will blame someone except for himself. And, and the fans will be like, see, we should fire Mike McCarthy, even though he went 12 and five last year. So um, Dallas fans are scum of the earth, but I'm picking you to win. You think well, here's a good question for you guys uh, before we get into our we will pick our predicted order of finish. Mike McCarthy seat probably a little warm, I'd say, um, just given who his quarterback is and given the expectations that Jerry Jones has. And am I am I crazy to say that, Blaine? You agree. I mean, do you think Mike McCarthy and Green Bay, that's what you were going to get, and you didn't get it last year? you got to get something better out of him this year, 100%. Johnny? I think – I don't think he's the best, um, but I think the seat being being hot for him is just a product of what Dallas is, just a complete reactionary franchise. They, like mm -hmm. I said, he went 12-5 and five last year. It's not, it's not Mike McCarthy's fault that you, you underperformed in, in the playoff game. I mean, you, you lost 23 to – 23 to 17 in, in the wild card round of the 49ers. And I want to take what I said back. Yes, he's a head coach. Yes, he's partially to blame. But I mean, they just had a they, they just stunk up, stunk it up. 
because they, it was like 23 to three or something like that in the, in the fourth quarter, 23 to six or something like that. So they stunk it up in the playoffs, but they had a great regular season, I think. And uh, just part of Dallas's, just part of Dallas's franchise is if you're not winning and you're not, you know, America's team, then you're not going to have a job. Let me tell you something. When was the last time Dallas won a playoff game? When was the last time Dallas, when was the last time Dallas, like maybe they won one playoff game, but when was the last time they had a meaningful run in the postseason? Dallas fans are blinded by their legacy. They're blinded by the, the cow, the, the star. They're blinded by America's team. You're not America's team. And in fact, you, you're not very good. But this, but this division, I think, is not very good either. So they'll I believe that Dallas's last playoff win was against Detroit. Now, I could be very wrong about that, but if I'm right about that, that's sad. Detroit. I mean, you have it, Blaine? No, I don't. No, I don't. Okay, I thought you said it. I I am I'm almost sure of that, but go on, Blaine. Sorry. No, I just want to note that Dallas and Washington and New York Giants. I mean, this division drew the most favorable schedules of any division in the NFL. So when you're looking at the NFC and competitiveness and all, there there's a chance that multiple teams out of this division do make the playoffs, and it is going to be uber competitive till the end. So it's it's something to look out to. Like Washington starts with Jacksonville and Detroit. I forget who Dallas starts with, but it's it's horrible schedules for them, and, and I guess a viewing point. But for them, it's that's very favorable, and this division is going to be interesting because they're all going to have good records, and they're going to beat up on each other. Yeah, let me pile on Dallas some more. I love doing this because it, it, it's just it's just so ridiculous what this fan base thinks. Because you know, the majority of Dallas fans are also you know Lakers fans, and uh, <laughs> Yankees. you know they're like Manchester City, the Yankees. Like they're just you know these are these are what Dallas fans are, and. You know, they have this amazing stadium. They, they spend all this money. I've been to their practice facilities, too. Like, they have this whole, like, bar district um, around there. And I, I love the city of Dallas. I think it's really fun. But the reality is, and I like to give people a dose of reality because I had reality as a Chiefs fan for so long that I tried to deny. You're, this is just the, – the, the, the Cowboys are an illusion because you've been in a terrible division for years and you have no postseason success – to show for it. And, you know, D- Dallas fans like to claim all this fame and the Aikman days. Let me tell you something that was 30 years ago. Like you yeah. have not been good for like nearly 30 years. And all of these wins are, are meaningless. You ever notice like whenever Dallas is on prime time, who are they playing? Some team that fucking sucks. And they do that. Be- they do that. So they in prime time, beat up on people so that casuals think the Cowboys are still this really cool team. I'm not sure exactly who it is. Um, That's bad on my part that I didn't write it down, but I know Dallas plays, you know, they play Thanksgiving in Dallas. They they play a terrible team this year on Thanksgiving. All three Thanksgiving day games are, are not very good. And so, yes, now that I've gotten all hot and bothered and got said my piece, I'll eat the crow. Dallas is going to win this division, but I, I don't fail. They've been a failure for a long time. Yeah. If you if you're to pick if you're to pick one team out of this division that's going to win a playoff game, who is it? You want me to go? Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, is it Philadelphia for you? Or it it seriously is Philadelphia. They uh, in wait, can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right. Sorry, I thought that they. I thought my I lost connection for a second. Philadelphia is a franchise that is from a tough city. I think that they are tougher than Dallas. I think that as a as a fan base, I think as a city, I think as a team and as an organization, I think they're just tougher. Um, I really do think Philly can win a playoff game. Johnny? It's Washington. And it's, it's definitely Washington. If Dallas wins the division, they're not going to win a playoff game. If Washington wins the division, Washington – has to go to – this is a great example. Let's say Washington has to go to Green Bay and play in January. Washington's defensive line will translate so well up there. What You know, the, the defensive line for the 49ers got after Rodgers' ass all day, and they won. They won up there last year. So, yeah, da- Dallas – Dallas has, has all – the makings of a beating up on patsies like they always do and then having double-digit victories in a competitively bad division and getting into the playoffs and losing. Whereas if Washington gets hot like Blaine was talking about and they win this division, nobody wants to play Chase Young and Mont- Montez Sweat. And Yeah, I agree. And not to continue to piggyback on your point, Johnny, this – the same Washington Commanders, Washington football team defensive line was a Taylor Heineke away from beating Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl. So this team is very capable. Um, it is – I do honestly think it's Dallas's vision to lose. And with that, let's move into the final NFC East predicted order of finish segment for the entire NFC on the podcast <laughs> We will move to the AFC next week. Johnny, we'll start with you. Let's go through. Let's let's. I know you have Dallas winning the division. Now let's do two through. Uh, do two through four. Before the podcast, it was Philly, but now at the end of this podcast, it's Washington. One hundred percent. I I think Blaine made compelling arguments. Not that you didn't, Chandler. I I agree with everything you said about Philly, and I don't think that. I think all of us are on the same wavelength with 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 Jalen Hurts' ability, but. After hearing both sides of this, it'll be Washington. And then we'll follow that up with Philly, and then the Giants will be in the cellar. Like we started off, the the Giants know they're bad. Yeah. Blaine? Yeah. You're Washington. Yeah, Washington, Dallas, Philly, and and, and the Giants. But to add to that, I I think it's going to be like a head-to-head or a one-game difference here between these top three teams. Obviously, New York's at the bottom, but, I mean, you could flip all three – but like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going Washington, and it's going to be close. Here's mine, boys. I think I might get – I honestly think I might get a little crazy just for the pod's sake. I'm going to go Philadelphia, obviously, as I said earlier. I'm going to go Washington, number two, Dallas, three, Giants, four. The reason being is because I do think that myself and Blaine have convinced myself that this Washington team can be pretty damn good. And I love Johnny's optimism, listening to us, buying in. Um, and I hate Dallas. <laughs> so I'm going to put Dallas three. No no <laughs> other reason other than that. Um, I have them written down. I, I, I can't wait to go back and look at these notes whenever we uh, whenever we get to the, to the end of the season this year, the 2022-2023 season. Um, 
it's been damn fun going over the NFC with you boys. And now we get to go to all of our biggest rivals in the AFC. Um, and I think we start, I think we start opposite of how we started the NFC. I think next week we stay on the Eastern seaboard and we hit up the AFC East, a division that is gigantic for the Kansas city chiefs to keep an eye on as we approach the start of the season that is the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, and who am I forgetting? Oh, the New York Jets. Very forgettable. Sorry. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think we can go ahead and start off by saying that the Jets will be in the basement of that division. But those three teams before after them, I think there can be a lot of interesting, uh, interesting order of finish there. Um, if Buffalo, I mean Buffalo, Miami, and New England. I, I don't I don't want to write them off. So, it, Blaine, Johnny, you guys got any closing comments on the NFC East? No, that was awesome, though. That was so much fun. Great episode. Had a lot of fun doing the NFC, as we talked about. Let's get into the AFC next Wednesday. Cannot wait to do it with you boys. Um, nobody has anything they want to say. So, for that, that is the Figure It Out podcast in the NFC. AFC next week, fired up to do it with you boys, Blaine, Johnny. Enjoy your evening. Maybe a beer or two. See you. See you, boys. Cheers. See you.